What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spoiler Reels. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to Spoiler Reels. Of course, you already know I'm your host. My name is Angel. As I mentioned before, guys, if you are new to the podcast, make sure you check out the other episodes. Maybe I might have done a review on the movie you've been wanting to hear as far as a review goes. Uh, check it out. It should be uh, hopefully it's there. I'm about 64, 65 episodes in now, so who knows? Maybe one of the movies are there. Or yeah, of course I've done uh, top 10 best and top 10 worst movies and stuff like that. Those are there as well. Um, and of course, guys, always check out my uh, Instagram page. Uh, spoiler reels, spoiler underscore reels. <clears throat> you can check out where um all the content that I put in there. It's just basically to show you guys what I've previously recorded and stuff like that. But uh, Instagram is also a place where you guys can message me and let me know if you want me to review a certain movie. I'll be more than happy to, to do it. You guys just get got to give me some time and, and uh, you know, with work and also to be able to make sure that I'll be able to find it either through streaming device or if it's at the movies, it'll, it'll probably be easier for me. Just got to give me some time to go out and, and watch it and stuff like that. And I'll because I normally try to do the uh, episode right after. While the movie's still fresh in my memory, so uh, of course uh, you guys already know uh, what movie I'm I'm uh, I'm reviewing today. So keep in mind, guys, uh, it, it spoilers everywhere. I mean, I I know I shouldn't really have to tell you guys, especially because the title of my podcast, spoiler reels. I mean, basically says it all. But I will tell you guys, it's this movie just came out just last week, so uh, keep that in mind. Um, so with that being said, guys, let's get started. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. The Outfit is the film I will be reviewing, uh, today on this episode. Uh, this is a rated R film. Uh, as I mentioned, it came out on March 18, 2022. I uh, just recently saw it just now. It's a drama slash mystery kind of film. It's about an hour and 45 minutes or so. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.5 out of 10. And uh, as I mentioned, I'll give you guys my rating at the end of the uh, review. Uh, this was directed by Graham Moore. Uh, and the uh, cast I'll give you here is uh, Mark Rylance. That's our main guy there. That's uh, Leonard, also known as English. Uh, Dylan O'Brien as Richie. Zoe Dutch as Mabel. Uh, Johnny Flynn as Francis. Nikki Amuka Bird as Violet. Uh, Simon Russell uh, Beale as Roy. And Alan, Alan Medizeda, Medizade. Medizade? Ooh, I might have butchered that one. Uh, he plays Monk. And those guys, uh, those are like our main heavy hitters of the film here. Um, and the, I'm looking at it right here, and it says at the box office right now, it's at $2.2 million uh, right, as of right now. I will get to to see what the budget is. Hopefully it does show. And the overview real quick, guys, is Leonard is an English tailor who makes suits on London's famous uh, Saville Row. Uh, Saville Row? I butchered that too. He must outsmart a dangerous group of criminals to survive a fateful night. 
Let's get to the Wikipedia here and we'll get going here. Let's see. So yeah, guys, as I mentioned, I just recently watched this film uh, not too long ago. Um, and it's, it, it is considered somewhat of a mobster film in a way. Uh, it's, it says here, the outfit is a 2022 American crime drama film directed by Graham Moore in his direct directorial debut of, from a screenplay by Moore and Jonathan McCain. Oh shit. This is his first movie. Crazy. Uh, the film stars in an ensemble, uh, cast, including Mark, as I mentioned, the, 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 uh, characters, the plot centers around an English tailor. Uh, in Chicago, whose primary customers are a family of vicious gangsters. The film had its world premiere at the 72nd Berlin International Film Festival on February 14th in 2022 and was released in the U.S. on March 18th, 2022 by uh, Focus Features. Uh, the film received generally positive reviews from critics, and rightfully so. This one was actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't show me the budget. That sucks. But as of right now, it's at 2.2 million. Uh, this movie is actually a, a really decent film. Um, I don't remember watching any of the previews or commercials to this. I think I might have done once, but I didn't remember much. And I'm glad I I'm glad I went like that, kind of unaware. Because nowadays, you guys know a lot of the trailers and, and um, commercials of the movies they just show too much. Uh, they show too much nowadays. I, I, I'm not really too big of a fan when it comes to that because it just kind of it loses all the element of surprise at times. And so going into this film, uh, I watched it at the movies, and I, I, I honestly had not much knowledge except for the uh, the overview as far as like what it's about. That's it. But I, I didn't see anything visually. And. Uh, I was glad that I did that. I'm glad that I did that. I should I should really go to movies like that more often. Um, and uh, it was it definitely surprised me. I think this is one. Uh, again, this is somewhat of a slow burn of a film, but the difference between this and the last episode that I did with that Infinite Storm, Infinite Storm just seemed boring. The pacing of it was boring. Everything about that film was just boring to me. And I don't mind slow burns as long as it's done right. And as long as the story is appealing, the characters are appealing, then the slow burn is fine with me. And this is exactly what the outfit did. The outfit is a slow burn film, but it's good pacing, enough to keep the, the viewers intrigued, especially with the plot of the, of the fucking story. And the main thing that I really liked about this film, and a lot of people probably won't realize it until maybe like 30, 40 minutes in, this film is shot in one place. And that is the the Taylor's store at the Taylor's outfit store. The whole time, the only time we get to see uh, is like the outside of the store, but that's it. Like we don't see any other characters going anywhere else. Nothing. It's it's shot in that one place, that one spot only. And I was I was really intrigued by the story and the characters. I didn't even realize until I was like about maybe thirty minutes in, and I was like, you know what, this thing, this, I don't think they've ever gone anywhere else. <laughs> they're they're filming this thing all in that one spot um and it was i thought it was cool like it's kind of like it's not as as like this movie but it's somewhat similar and that's kind of like uh reservoir dogs where it's shot at the warehouse for the most part of course we see them on the outside 
but it's because they're telling the story what they're they're telling their side of the story while being on the warehouse and it, the warehouse is mainly where it takes place most of the time um and that's kind of like this it's i mean it goes nowhere even if people were trying to uh tell stories from the past or anything like it doesn't really show anywhere else but this place right here which i thought was pretty great uh so let's get to the plot here guys and we'll start kind of going right here for you uh so it starts off uh, in 1956, Chicago, Leonard Burling is an English cutter who runs a shop in a neighborhood controlled by the Irish mob, a uh, crew of boss Roy Boyle. Boyle's chief enforcer, Francis, and his son and second-in-command, Richie, use Berling's, uh, Berling's uh, shop as a stash house for their dirty money. Berling tolerates this arrangement as the Boyles and their men are his best customers. Berling also shares a complicated relationship with his receptionist, Mabel, who is also Richie's girlfriend. Mabel tells Berling uh, that, that she has no interest in learning his trade and taking over the store, wanting instead to leave to Chicago and travel the world. So the film basically starts off, uh, Mabel, you see Mabel just kind of like, they just, I think like the first five to seven minutes, it basically shows uh, about, um, uh, Leonard and Mabel, uh, what what their routine is around the store, and there's a narration by uh, Leonard through throughout the film, explaining about the uh, the craft of of the of the tailor. But he doesn't really like to con consider himself a tailor. He likes to consider consider himself a cutter, and uh, he says like uh, he says that in the movie he says it takes about 15 minutes for someone to be a tailor with the needle and all that, but it takes more. Uh, experience and more crafting to be a cutter that's why he considers himself a cutter more than a tailor and uh we immediately just see them doing their own thing minding their own business uh we don't realize that that uh richie and mabel are together until later on in the film uh but you see that richie's kind of stares at mabel but i feel like he was just eyeballing her that's that's all i thought he was just kind of checking her out i didn't think they were together until later on <clears throat> but then you just see them kind of just walking in, minding like, and 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 of course, Leonard just minding his own business. He's just he's knitting and and uh, doing suits and stuff like that while they're kind of going in and out of the office. And uh, of course, Richie kind of you know chops it up a little bit with Leonard a little bit while they're doing the transitions and all that stuff. And uh, um, of course, Leonard says, "Look, I it's none of my business. You guys are my best customers. You guys pay top dollar." Whatever you guys do, it's your business. I know it's here. You guys control the whole place. I get it. I just want to do my thing. You do yours. And, you know, that's it. And that's the arrangement, basically. And, uh, of course, they every time there's always, like, people putting uh, um, packages inside of that slot where the main guy, Richie, and um, uh, Francis are there to collect. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, yeah, Mabel mentions it to, to Leonard that, look, as much as we have a good relationship going here, I'm telling you right now, I have no interest uh, in uh, learning this craft or, or owning the uh, store. I want to travel. I want to get. She wants to get the hell out of Chicago. She has. She doesn't want to be nowhere around here. So he says, "No, that's fine. I got no. I got no problem with it." One night, Francis shows up at the shop with Richie, who's been shot in the torso after uh, after a confrontation with the rival. 
the Fontaine uh, family, a black criminal organization. But before this, this is how we know that uh, Richie and Mabel were together. After that night when, when supposedly Mabel left, Leonard stayed there to kind of keep his, still continue doing work, whatever. He starts drinking. And then he basically passes out in the shop. Mabel did not realize that, that Leonard was still there. And Mabel actually brought Richie in the middle of the night. They kind of, not broke in, but they kind of opened the uh, the shop and go in there. And they started kind of messing around. And they started kind of talking, explaining, you know, how their relationship is going. That's how we figure out that they are together and whatnot. And then, of course, Richie starts telling them, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I... Uh, shit about like that he should be in command and all this other stuff and whatnot and of course mabel's right there like yeah you should you should you know kind of pumping him up about it and everything and um leonard does hear about it he does hear them come in or whatever but then he somehow accidentally drops something richie and mabel go to check out in the back and then they he kind of goes back as to make it look like he just he's passed out because they see a bottle there they figured oh he's drunk he's passed out whatever and um so they leave and then of course that's what that's what i'm saying the next night that's when francis show up at the shop with richie who's been shot and so there's these like telling him to open the door and then you just see cops coming by like nearby the the, the shop so i'm telling you it's shot in the shop the whole time the whole time we don't even see richie get shot in this other place we don't they just come into the shop and i mean it's shot out like it's the whole fucking movie is in the shop but I have no problem with it. That's the crazy thing about it. Because it's it, the movie's done so well, I didn't even mind it. Uh, uh, Berling is uh, Berling is forced to is forced at gunpoint to treat Richie's wound wounds and hide a briefcase containing a copy of an FBI recording with detailed information on the crew's operations, which was provided by the outfit. Is uh, air quotes. A nationwide, a nationwide syndicate founded by Al Capone that protects criminal groups from the law. Francis gets in touch with Roy and departs, leaving Berling and, Rich, and Richie alone. The two men converse and start to bond, and Berlin takes uh, advantage of Richie's naivete to convince him that Francis is an informant and plans to hand the tape over to the FBI. Um, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> Of course, because he's good with needles and threads and all that stuff, he had to sew up Richie's, uh, the side of the hole where he was at, shot at. The bullet went right through, so he's just basically, he sews them up uh, so that, you know, the, the blood would stop, you know, coming out, basically. And, uh, of course, he sits down. Uh, uh, Francis tells Leonard that he, he needs to go and find a, a cassette tape to listen to the tape. So he needs to go out and, and look for it. And then as Richie wakes up, Richie's like kind of like, well, where did Francis go? And uh and Franc and and he tells uh he tells him that look, he left. He went to go get a cassette player to listen to the tape. And and then at little by little, you don't realize it, but little by little, Leonard is kind of putting uh fucking with with Richie, uh, like getting into his head to making think that uh that to make them think that uh, Francis might be the rat, because this whole time they're looking for the rat. This the, that mob crew is looking for that rat that's fucking writing everything ab about them. He did joke around 
uh, Leonard did joke around, kind of making him look like, look, I'm the rat. You know, saying that I'm the rat, I'm the one that did all this, this and this and that. Richie laughs it off. He's like, nah, you, he's like, no, you, you fucking got me right there. You shouldn't be fucking with me like that, but you got me. I don't, I don't believe you. And Leonard's like, well, why not? He's like, you're a fucking tailor. And he's like, not a tailor, a cutter. <laughs> he's like, all right, but still, like, it's, you're not that kind of type. And then, and then he kind of says like, well, you know, Francis this and Francis that. Kind of get into his head, making Richie think Francis might be the rat. Uh, when Francis returns, Berling, Berling uh, intercepts him, claiming that Richie is lightheaded and delusional from blood loss. Richie threatens Francis, so he kind of basically gets both. He basically gets both of these two to fucking collide against each other. Um, Richie then uh, threatens Francis, who is forced to kill him in self-defense, because Richie immediately is like, "Hey, why don't we?" Uh, He's like, where'd you go? Why did you fucking leave? And this and that. And Richie's trying to explain to him, looking for a cassette tape player to fucking play this tape. And he's like, I found one. I need to go get it. And he's like, well, let's let's all go. And he's like, no, no, no. You should stay, you should stay here. Francis telling Richie, he's like, you're in no condition. And he's like, look, my dad's about to show up any minute now. Maybe we should wait. And Francis, he's like, no, I, I got to fucking do this on my own. And, and that's when Richie's like, nah, fuck that. And then of course he he pulls the gun at at Francis and he tells him like nah fuck that you're you know it, it, we're all going to go and listen to this tape together. He's like all right you know and then of course, uh, Richie here's something like uh here's here's some kind of noise that uh from uh, uh, <laughs> uh the English uh, Leonard and uh, he kind of. It spooks Richie a little bit, turn, turning his head, and then Francis basically grabs his gun and shoots Richie in the fucking throat, killing him. And saying it is self-defense. It, it was self-defense, I guess. But he and uh, uh, Leonard then hide Richie's body just as Roy arrives with his bodyguard, Monk. The two men lie and tell him that Richie left the store on his own. Uh, Francis volunteers to go find him. Roy notices his son's coat in the store's back room and threatens Leonard, demanding the truth. Francis then returns with Mabel in tow, claiming that he found Richie's blood in her apartment. When Roy orders his men to torture her for information, uh, Leonard distracts him by revealing the reason why he came to Chicago. His wife and daughter were both killed in a fire in, an, or in his original shop on Seville Row. This scene was a good fucking scene. This scene was very tense after a while because um, Roy kind of like uh, Roy goes inside the back in the back where where uh, Leonard does his suits, where he does his tailoring or his cutting or whatever. And as Roy's walking, just slowly walking towards him, and then he grabs the fucking cutters that uh, Leonard normally uses to tailor the suits or cut his suits. And he quickly kind of was abruptly like, like trying to get the cutters. Like he didn't want nobody touching it. But of course he didn't realize that this is the top dog. This is Roy, the mobster dude. And, uh, and he's like, look, my bad. I'm sorry. Look, it's just, this is all I have from my wife. This is a gift from my wife. And I just don't like anybody touching it, but he lets him like, look, you can go ahead and grab it. Let's, let's grab the, the cutters. And I, I, you know, I don't mind it. And then he's like, yeah, you know, that's fine. And he's like, and then Roy 
takes out his gun and then he kind of gives him this 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 speech about saying like you know the tools make the man it's what separates the man from monkeys you know the one tool is is to build the other one is to destroy and he and roy is telling leonard's like but i think the gun is also also builds it builds loyalty it builds a gang it builds an empire you know uh with this gun i killed so many people with that and then leonard kind of realizes like why are you telling me all this stuff and then he, that's when roy tells him because that's richie's coat right there and then he kind of looks and he's like oh is it really i had no idea he's like why <laughs> do you honestly think richie went out there in december in chicago without his fucking coat and that's when he kind of starts realizing like where is he and just when just when Leonard was about to tell him that Francis fucking shot that dude, Fran, that's when Francis comes in with Mabel and has a gun on his head, basically saying that, oh, this is Richie's girlfriend. And uh, and and supposedly that there was blood at the carpet. And Mabel's like, what the fuck? That's not true. Like, you're lying. And Roy, obviously, because he's uh, stressed out about not finding his son, was fucking dead and he and his body's just been hiding in this uh this fucking i how what i said uh, this dresser this big old box of a dresser his body's in there and while it's in there there's little bloods just spilling a little bit uh underneath forming a, a somewhat of a blood a, a puddle of blood and then, of course, that's when uh, they were like, Roy's saying, I'm going to fucking torture this broad for the info. And uh, and then, of course, this is when we get a little bit of background of of Leonard explaining about what happened to his wife and daughter. And then all of a sudden, uh, the phone rings and uh, Leonard answers it. He tells Roy that Richie is still alive and waiting for him. Roy and Monk depart, but leaves Francis behind. Uh, Leonard then explains to Francis why he lied, and then he tells him Mabel is an FBI informant. Mabel <laughs> kind of looks at him like, what the fuck? And then uh, Mabel admits that she started dating Richie just so that she could spy on his family, blaming them for her father's murder. Uh, which, which uh, you know, she kind of does approach Roy about it, because Roy's like, oh yeah, you're that... Uh, the 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 daughter of that guy he used to work for me he's like yeah she's like yeah and uh he kind of just went missing or as if uh nobody saw what happened to him and kind of Royce smile kind of went just a little bit lower and he was like shit happens you know and and this and this and that and so kind of making it realize like yeah he was the cause of Mabel's uh father's death um uh leonard directs mabel to call violet lafontaine give her the fake location location so she can ambush and kill roy and his men and offer to sell the recording francis is persuaded to go along with the plan when uh when leonard tells him he can gun down violet when she arrives at his store with roy dead he will then be perfectly positioned to take over the crew so of course and what's crazy too is that Francis, not from the looks of it, but Francis is a loyal guy. He he even said he took he took six bullets 
but what they usually call is marbles. They, he's like, I took six marbles for this guy. You think I'm just going to up and fucking uh, uh, screw him over for that and all this? And, you know, and he was like, he's like, it's either it's either we all die or you take over the fucking business and you become the top dog once Roy is dead because his son's dead as well, obviously, because Francis killed him. <laughs> so. Francis went along with it, and he's like, all right, give me the signal when she comes in, and then I'm going to shoot this fucking place, shoot all over, all them and shit, and, and then I'll take over. All right. Um, uh, what's this? Francis is prepared to go along with the plan. With Roy dead, he will, okay. Uh, Violet presents Mabel with a large sum of money for the recording. Leonard uses hand signals to warn her about Francis before staging an argument to lure him out. Francis is shot twice by uh, Violet's bodyguard, and they leave with the tape. Uh, again, another great scene. It, it completely, the tension is all there. It's all there, kind of like, and, 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 and Leonard basically giving, doing the hand signals, the hand gestures saying, that Francis is right there and he's about to fucking gun you down and everything, pretending like making this fake conversation about like, well, where's the tape and where's the money? Throwing Francis off. And then, of course, Francis is like, what the fuck? Fuck all this. And he opens the door. and But, of course, by the time he opens the door, both of the bodyguards right there are aiming his gun at him. And then he sees Violet right there. And Violet, basically, somewhat, we see a little bit of, of Violet's background explaining about how Anybody, she's like how me and even the uh, English tailor here, when we come over here and we make something of ourselves, like you guys don't pay no, no attention to us when we're poor and broke and just living, coasting through life. But then when you see us make money, when you see us start being successful, all of a sudden you fucking want to threaten us and take our money and all this other, and all this other shit. And she's like, fuck that. I had enough of all that. And then, uh, yeah, and I was like, okay, all right. And then, uh, let me see, where where am I here? Uh, yeah, Francis is shot twice by Violet's bodyguards, and they leave with the tape. However, and the way they did it, too, is like, because Leonard also fucked with uh, Francis a little bit. He's like, don't worry about him. He's no threat. And she's like, why? Because I took the liberty of taking all the bullets out of his out of his gun uh, before he could uh, before he could shoot, and then Leonard and Francis was like, "What?" And he even looks as a viewer, we see it, and there is actually bullets there, throwing Francis off enough to the for the bodyguards to fucking shoot him while he's not aiming at Violet, and uh, they take him down. And I was like, "Fucking Leonard, man, he's a vicious dude for being a tailor or a cutter, or whatever." Uh, however, uh, Leonard then reveals that the recording, air quotes, is a fake. Mabel realizes that he has been deceiving the boils from the start by planting messages from the outfit, setting up a bug so they would incriminate themselves, and coaching her to trick both them and LaFontaine. He starts basically like talking about Taylor and the Taylor suits and cutting and all that stuff, but he's the one that made those those uh, those recordings. But he's the one that was putting that out the outfit sign on the on the package 
and slides it in that in that little fucking uh, box there that they always pick up every day, thinking that it was someone else, but it was it was fucking Leonard this whole time that he set this them up like that. And uh, she's like, motherfucker, and she's like, and he's like, and then the real tape was the one that we just previously recorded that LaFontaine admitted that she killed the Boyles and just killed Francis. And so now he has a tape. Not only are the Boyles gone, but now he has a tape to bring down the LaFontaine crew as well. That's pretty fucking smart. Leonard gives her the real tape and the money and urges her to finally go and live her dreams. While dousing his store with flammable chemicals, a still-alive Francis shoots Leonard in the shoulder before his gun jams. I don't think his gun jams because I don't think revolvers even jam, do they? I was told that revolvers never jam. I could be wrong there. I Or AKs. AKs never jam. No, I could have sworn revolvers don't jam. That's either the... I think... No, I I could be wrong. Let, let me know in the quote in the comments there, guys. I, I could have sworn revolvers never jam. So that might have been a little hiccup there. Um. He then pulls out a knife, uh, uh, Francis does. Uh, Le- uh, Leonard un- undoes the buttons on his sleeves, revealing that his arms are heavily tattooed. He tells Francis that in his youth, he was a gang enforcer until he was ordered to commit a heinous crime, but didn't want to do it. So fleeing from his gang, he reinvented himself and started a family. This is when he started learning about cutting. Or he said it took decades. He met his family until his old gang found them and burned down his shop. So it was no accident. His old gang burned down the shop, killing his wife and his daughter. Uh, Francis lunges at Berlin, who swiftly stabs him in the neck with his fabric shears, killing him. Wearing a dark jacket to hide his wounds. Leonard quietly leaves at, as the store burns down, and then the movie ends. This is a, I really enjoyed this film. As I mentioned, even though it's shot in that one, in that tailor shop, even though it was shot in the shop the whole fucking time, the story is really intriguing. The characters are really intriguing. You just see him from beginning to end, how Leonard is, was composing this shit, tricking the, the boils this whole time. And fucking with them the whole time and everything like that because and now it makes even more sense as to why he did it. He used to be a gang enforcer. As soon as he lifts up his leaves, you see this tattoos and you realize that Leonard was not to be fucked with. And uh but he but then throughout the movie he's like this nice, gentle kind of guy. And but we never see his leaves because he was always on with outfits and stuff like that. And um and as soon as he rolls up his sleeve, we realize who he really is. And then finding out that about his family being burnt uh, alive by his old crew, his old gang and whatnot. And uh, so now it makes more sense as to why he wanted to bring down the Boyles and the um, and the LaFontaines uh, of people because he used to be that part of life. He used to be all that part of life and that life destroyed his family. And now he was out for revenge, but doing it at a, you know, a, under the radar kind of thing. And I, 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 I digged it. I really enjoyed that. Uh, to, to to be able to see that 
you know, unravel itself towards the end of the film, I was like, that's pretty clever. That's pretty good. You do get some good scenes of, uh, of killings and whatnot in this. My only concern was, well, obviously one of them was that the gun jam. I don't think revolvers even jam. I, like I said, I could be wrong. I'm not a gun person. So I, but I do, I could have sworn I heard people saying that the revolvers and the AKs never jam. But let me know in the comments below, guys, if I'm wrong about that or not. Let me know there. Um, and also, the other thing was the uh, puddle of blood of Richie's body. Uh, while it's leaking down, it never comes. It never comes to fruition. It never goes anywhere. Nobody ever realizes it. Uh, nobody ever notices that puddle of blood because, uh, you know, throughout the film, they're looking for Richie. Richie's there the whole time in that box. And there's blood coming down, splattering, and there's a puddle. Not a big puddle, but a small enough to where I thought, it. I figured someone's going to notice it and realize that Richie was there that whole fucking time. But it, it it never goes anywhere with that, which is, I was like, well, what was the point of showing us that puddle? If if nothing was going to, or is it just to like remind us as a viewer uh, that Richie's body's there? Of course it's there. Of course we're going to remember. You, you, <laughs> the fucking movie's, in that shop the whole fucking time how can we forget that richie's in that box <laughs> so i it just it just kind of i think that was another thing that i was like what like that never went anywhere nobody noticed it nobody cared he ends up burning the fucking store down so nobody's gonna see it anyways so I, that was another thing of mine right there but other than that though guys this film is actually really good now when you guys when you guys hear oh it's a mob movie Yes, it's somewhat of a mob movie, but don't expect a Goodfellas kind of movie. Don't expect a Casino kind of movie. Don't expect a, a Bronx Tale kind of movie. It's not that. This is more story-driven. This is more of, 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 of us following Leonard's point of view, the tailor or the cutter or whatever, and watching this story unravel itself and, and him basically pinpointing against each other and him mastering this whole fucking master plan of his. Uh, uh, and we don't realize it. We're like, where is he going with this? You know, why isn't he telling uh, Roy that his son's right there and it was all Richie's fault? And we, I, I thought he, he actually was going to tell him. Um, but then, of course, Richie came in with Mabel with the gun on her, on her on her head. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And I was just like, and then you slowly see it. And then at the end, he kind of basically explains what his plan was all along. He knew Mabel was an informant this whole time. He uh, and we even see a scene of uh, Mabel letting this one of the FBI informants uh, come into the shop, uh, puts the fucking cassette tape or whatever, and does the recording and puts it right behind um, that um, what's that shit that AC boil uh, that's AC thing whatever um, right hidden behind and uh, yeah uh, uh, Leonard knew what all along, but he obviously. He used he used that to basically get the boils and the Lafontaines and all that basically to kill each other and uh, uh, and basically admit the fact that they did kill people and all this and that in, in on a tape. So now they have that tape to basically uh, frame the Lafontaines because the boils are dead. They're all gone. There's no one to run that crew anymore. And and now we have uh, the Fontaines who are going to be framed by those that the murderers that they. Didn't realize, but admit, but didn't realize that we're, uh, we're being recorded. So really good film, guys. I really liked it. I, I really liked the pacing on it. Yes, it is somewhat of a slow burn. Like I said, it is a mob movie, 
but don't expect that kind of mob film like like goodfellas and all that stuff it's not that this is more of a story driven film and but i really 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 enjoyed this film i thought it was a great film um uh and i like i like the leonard character you know and then especially at the end i really i was like holy shit when he starts kind of uh pulling up his sleeves and then you see his tattoos and he says i used to be just like you with a gun and a knife because francis was like well fuck no you know you never you were never like me dude I'm, I'm, I'm with the mob you know you're some fucking tailor and that's when he rolls up his sleeves like nope he's like i used to be that gang enforcer and I used to do some crazy shit myself, but then they wanted me to do some something I just couldn't do. I left and uh, started uh, being a cutter, found my family, and then that was it. Of course, his family being killed and all by his old gang, and I think that's why he wanted to take down those gangs himself for for killing his old life and stuff like that. So I thought it was a great film, guys. I I really enjoyed it. Um, as I mentioned, if you're looking for for action-packed kind of film, this is not it. This is not it. This is like I said, this is a slow burn, story-driven movie. But I think it's entertaining enough to where it it'll keep it'll keep your attention going. Um, it, it will it will have your attention. And I I really like this film. I enjoyed it. And uh, let's get to my rating here, guys. Um, I'm gonna give it like a 7.5 out of 10, um, and that means it is a recommendable film. So, what did you guys think of this film, guys? I mean, did you guys see it? Let me know. Do you guys agree or disagree with my review or my rating of it, or both? Um, uh, what did you guys think of it? Did I miss something? Did you guys pick up on something that I I didn't pick up on? Let me know, guys. I, I'm always I'm all ears on it. Um, I, like I said, agree to disagree. It's subjective. This is just my point of view. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's not gonna change my point of view anyway. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up there. But uh, yeah, let me know in the comments, guys. Again, follow me on Instagram. Uh, spoiler reels. Spoiler underscore reels. Uh, that's where I'll put the content. That's where you guys can message me there. Uh, and just let me know if you guys did watch the outfit. Uh, let me know what your opinion of the film is. So uh, that's pretty much it for my review, guys. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the next episode.